This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Man, family, God is just so wonderful. I'm going to have this discussion tonight and hope that I don't get into too much trouble. But the title of tonight's Solid Talk says, Hedonism, the religion of single people. Now, I want to open up this discussion with a few thoughts, a few ideas, so y'all can see exactly what I'm talking about, because you, you probably read that title or hear that title and wonder, what does that even mean? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And so the Lord is saying here that he lays before us life and death. And he's saying that we have a choice and life is all about choices. And as I am approaching 40 years old and really thinking about my generation and thinking about some of the choices that we've made collectively, it really makes me wonder how all of this is going to traject because the fact of the matter is my generation, technically I will be considered a millennial. I'm like a late millennial. I guess I'd be an early millennial because I'm close to Generation X. Uh, we're kind of like the turn up generation. We were the in the club generation. We were the knuck if you buck generation. We were really intentional about uh, pleasure, right? And so when I say hedonism, which is the religion of single people, the next thing we need to figure out is what is hedonism? Hedonism is defined this way. It says the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence. Once again, the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence. They have here a philosophy. I'm just reading this, so we're reading this together. The ethical theory that pleasure in a sense of the satisfaction of desires is the highest good. I'm glad I read this. And proper aim of human life. Right. So really think about what that's saying. What that definition of hedonism is telling us is it's this idea, it's this belief that whatever makes me feel good. Whatever is pleasurable, that is the highest thing that I can attain out of life. That is the meaning of life. And that's what I'm going to pursue in life. And so a lot of people today have a hedonistic mindset. We, des we describe it with different slogans and categories that don't call it hedonism. We say, if it feels good, do it. We say, YOLO, you only live once. We say turn down for what? OK. And so all of these different things are just mantras of hedonism, but they're just packaged right in a way that is marketable. Because if you tell somebody, hey, you're practicing hedonism, 
<laughs> what what they're going to say, oh, no, I'm not. Or they're going to say, what is that? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. And so that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a, a generation that is so indulged in pleasure, but that pleasure has come at the expense of the choice that God gave to us. And so God has laid before us a choice and he has allowed the devil to also give us a choice of what we're going to choose. And a lot of us in my generation, once again, I'm 39 approaching 40. And when I, I'm about to go in on a bunch of people in this conversation. So let me just be clear right now. I'm going in on myself as well, because I am a single person who has made choices, right? And it was kind of fascinating about it. <clears throat> and I'm actually get the call in number up tonight if anybody wants to weigh in on this. But what's fascinating about this is just this idea that what's going to happen with our generation? The question of what's going to happen with our generation? You know, uh, are we just going to be single and party and watch Netflix until the day that we die? Are we going to be 60 and 70 years old and going to Lil Wayne concerts and Beyonce concerts? Are we going to be, you know, binge watching Netflix series for the remainder of our lives? You know what I mean? Is is that really the meaning of life? Propaganda and the devil would have us to believe that. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about the choice that God has given us because God has laid down his choice clearly in his word of, of his expectation of man, his expectation of woman, his expectation of family, right? The, the blessing that he's given us of romance and family and duty. These are the things that God has given us. And so when I really think about these choices, what many of us are who are around my age group and are and have have bitten the forbidden fruit of hedonism, which is just an offshoot of feminism, right? And feminism bred uh, the sexual revolution, right? And that sexual revolution uh, bred this false liberation movement. All of these things are intertwined. And so we we all know what a husband and a wife is. <laughs> you know, even if you didn't grow up in that situation, we've heard of it before. We've seen it. Uh, you know, seen it on TV, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Let me write that down so I don't forget. <clears throat> but, you know, we've seen things, we've heard of it, but a lot of us chose to go the pleasurable route. And here many of us are in our 30s and 40s and stuff like that, late 20s, and time has caught up, and a lot of us are at a crossroads of, man, am I going to settle down and make the choice that God has given me if it's not too late? Or am I going to continue to um, partake in this bad fruit, this bad choice, right? Uh, we're, we're the people who ate all of the junk food and candy because it was right there. It was immediate. It was pleasurable. It felt good in the moment. But it's at the expense as soon as the home-cooked meal comes around, the thing that actually has substance, right? Uh, that marriage of that, that companionship, that family, that children, that generation, that lineage, that offspring, that legacy. 
when we really think about, uh, man, what choices did we make? You know, it's like, man, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that junk food. And so a lot of the guys my age, uh, you know, I, I, my prediction for a lot of guys my age, I think well, for a lot of them it's going to depend on if they uh, – if they if they come into the faith, you know, because the moral compass of God is one of the things that a man might need to calm himself down, <laughs> you know, because to a lot of these guys, it's like a kid in the candy store. Right. But then at the same time, the candy store is becoming so crazy now with the, the Me Too movement, the transgender movement, uh, the, the, the diseases, the. Uh, you know, the drama and all of this type of stuff that I think a lot of guys are going to eventually settle down. But then when it comes to the women, um, they might make that decision to settle down as well. What will be interesting to see is if when the guys settle down, if they're going to settle down with the women of their generation or if they're going to skip a generation and bypass those women, which means that we'll have an entire generation of lost, I think in some Asian cultures, they call it leftover women. I don't even know if I want to use that term, but I know I think maybe in China or Japan, one of them, they call them leftover women. You know, we but whatever you want to call it, it's very plausible that we might have an entire generation of that, right? Um, and so I want to play a video that went viral. This particular video, what the woman is going to say in and of itself is not necessarily that horrible, right? Like if we just take this as an isolated incident, what she's going to say is probably not going to be that bad. But it actually is very wicked. And I'm not saying that she's necessarily intentionally being wicked. Like she's being malicious, but I I will call it dangerous. And so we're going to watch this video of a woman explaining her Saturday morning. You know what I mean? She's going to explain uh, what it is that, you know, she uh, how she lives as a childless, single, unmarried woman. Right. Now, I'm going to play it, and then I'll give my commentary. Make sure y'all can hear that. Cool. Okay, <clears throat> let me pause it right there. Um, all she's telling us is how she spent her Saturday morning as a childless woman who's not married yet, you know. And so she says yet, meaning that, you know, she hasn't necessarily ruled it out. She's not necessarily saying that, 
you know, she's against marriage or kids or anything like that. But what makes this dangerous is there there is a glamorization of the single life, right? There's a glamorization of, of a single and childless life. Now, that's cool when you're young, right? But imagine what you'll want when you're in later in life. Imagine what you'll want when it comes to the the purpose of your life, you know, being able to see because all of the stuff that that we find pleasurable for the most part is vanity. That means that it's empty. That means that it's only going to sustain you but for so long. I mean, you can keep eating junk food and technically you will be full, right? <laughs> but you won't be fulfilled. It will it will become hackneyed. It will become routine. And basically what's going to happen is you're going to keep seeking the next thrill. That's why we got all these people that just, you know what I mean? They want to skydive. They want to uh, find this new hobby, travel to this place, travel to that place. And I'm not saying that that's inherently evil, you know, to want to try new things or do new things. But what's really happening is people are trying to substitute the plan that God has made for us. That plan being the plan of family, right? That plan being the, the plan of companionship, because what that companionship can do is it can allow us to model love. It's it's a direct, uh, when, when God gives a man a family, the Bible says that the husband has to love that wife like Christ loved the church. So he's modeling love. That woman is experiencing love. She's experiencing the love of God, even though it's not coming directly from God, right? But he's like a little human figure. He's flawed. He's going to make a bunch of mistakes. She's going to make a bunch of mistakes. But it's a, tan it's a tangible gift that God has given us to display not only uh, Eros romantic love, but also to display hopefully agape love. And then once that woman has kids, now she has the possibility and, and the understanding of being selfless and demonstrating love as well, because now she's selfless towards her children. You know, the Bible says husbands love your wives. It says wives reverence your husbands. You know, so I'm not saying that women don't need to love their husbands <laughs> or that they can't love their husbands, but... Um, the selfless aspect comes from the husband, right? Now, the woman, she'll make sacrifices as well, you know? So it is a relationship, right? Because love is really nothing more than selflessness, right? But when the kids come on the scene, now, uh, because she has that responsibility over, over the household, now both of them now, because of the children, have another opportunity to even model a different aspect of love. This children love is not going to be a romantic love, right? But it's going to be a different aspect of love. And so it's a gift that God has given us. But what's so dangerous about this, what this uh, lady on a TikTok is doing, <clears throat> is that she is marketing that a single and childless lifestyle is something to be desired, right? Now, if somebody happens to be that way, more power to them. I mean, once again, I'm single and childless. Hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I don't think we need to spread it as propaganda. 
mainly because we already have too much of this in the first place. Let me get the number up on the screen in case anybody wants to weigh in on this. 202-738-1686. But yeah, it's, it's pushing that choice that Satan wants to give mankind because he doesn't want mankind to reproduce for a few reasons. One, God instructed man, be fruitful and multiply. So he's stopping the multiplication. Child birth rates are at some of the lowest that has ever been in the history of our country, if not the lowest, right? Because people are not having children. So he's he's stopping that. And then the other reason is because Satan does not like God. And when a human is produced, the Bible says that we are made in the image of God. And so the more that he can stifle humanity, the more people that he can abort, the more uh, folks that he can cause to not have children, the less of the image of God he needs to see while he's down here ruling this temporary world, right? And so for a multitude of reasons, he doesn't want to see people happy. But let's continue this video and finish it real quick. She's almost done. So she's going to make some dish called shakshuka. I never heard of it until watching this video. <laughs> Uh, these, this younger generation, millennial and Gen Z, she's 29. So I guess she might technically be Gen Z, if I'm not mistaken, or, or late millennial, but they always coming up with these new dishes and stuff. So she's looking at the bright side. She's looking at the bright side. But I want us to really pay attention to the last couple of sentences that she said. She said the ease of her life. And then there was a series of I statements. Let's see if we can. Uh, let's. Effortlessness and ease of my life. In other words, a life of pleasure and no duty or work. Focusing on myself. I wanna, I wanna. Where society tells her she should be in life. Who is society? Honestly, most of society is not really pushing this message. When she says society, what she's talking about is our social norms, which at least for the moment stem from the Bible, right? So she, she she's talking about um, the history of mankind, just the idea of family, not even only in Christianity, but just across the world, 
you know, what we've been doing since the dawning of mankind, right? <laughs> Having families, right? And so, so she's looking at the bright side. And so <clears throat> you say, Greg, well, what's the problem with that? Why is she telling us? If you, if you want to be happy and just have a lazy Saturday, feel free to do that. But what's actually happening here is two things. One, this is a cope. Because if somebody is truly happy about how they're spending their Saturday and all of that type of stuff, they wouldn't have to go online and justify it. They wouldn't have to go online and make this big speech about why it's so much better than, than what society is giving me or why it's fine until I reach what society is giving me. There would be no need for that. And so it's an agenda campaign. It's, it's a cope. And it's dangerous for the generations behind us because it's making us think that this stuff is okay. Now, to each his own, do what you want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do what you want to do. Um, but Jesus came to give us life and that much more abundant. And listen, some people can be single and live a fulfilling life. Jesus was single. Paul was single. He said, I desire that all y'all be single. But the substitute for that was not hedonism. It was still duty, but it was the duty of the commission of Christ. It was duty that was actually substantive and long lasting, right? It wasn't being substituted with pleasure and hedonism. And so I say all this to say, many of us in our generation, we got duped. Uh, some of us got duped. Some of us made a conscious decision. You know what I mean? Some of us made a conscious decision. And um, my question to you, I want y'all to weigh in. Do you think that our generation will recover from the decision of hedonism and feminism and sexual liberation. Are we going to recover from this or are we going to literally grow to just be a society of older single people? Imagine how difficult life will be if you are older and childless and single. Especially if, say, your friends marry off or your friends die off and you get sick, who's going to tend to you? Who's going to take care of you? Who's going to handle your paperwork? Who's going to handle your, your assets? Who are you going to give your assets to? You know, it's nearsighted thinking. It's the trick of the devil from jump. Eat of this apple, ye shall not surely die, is what the serpent tells Eve. But what really got her was, ye shall be as gods. You shall be like God, knowing good and evil. What was he, what was he marketing to her? He was marketing independence. Y'all have heard me say on it before, Eve was the very first feminist. He's marketing independence. If you're God, you can't have a husband 
because you're like God. God has no one over him. So if you're like God, you have no purpose for a husband or a wife. And so independence is a trick of the devil. We've been convinced because of modern day conveniences that we we as women and men don't need one another. So, you know, I got uh I got uh appliances, I got Uber Eats, I got a cleaning service, so I don't need a wife. If I want to have kids, I can adopt. Maybe I can just have some kids with a baby mama instead of a wife, but I don't need a wife. That's until real life hits. And what's happened is with the feminist movement and even with the red pill manosphere content, there's been a lie that's been propagated to both parties to put the genders at odds with one another. And what is caused is a separation, a, a gender war between man and woman. And how was all of this propagated? It was propagated through propaganda. And some of that main propaganda was what? Television. And so I'm having this discussion with Dee the other day about how, man, if you look at the TV shows, the TV shows that were in, you know, like the early TV, say like the early 90s and before, like the 80s and the 70s and stuff like that. A lot of the TV shows had families, families. Father Knows Best, Andy Griffin. I don't even know if he had a family. I'm just naming old shows that I don't even know what they even is. <laughs> um, but we know the Cosby show, okay? Families. But look at what happened when we move into the mid-90s. Which, by the way, I'm talking about my generation. I'm born in 84. So in 94, I'm 10 years old. I'm watching the, the, the sitcoms that are on TV. Here is where we get the shows like Living Single. Living Single is just the black version of Friends. Or really, I should say Friends is the black version of Living Single. I'm not sure which one came first. But you basically got a bunch of unmarried people that are just friends. Hanging out, adults, no families, no kids, just living a life of pleasure and temporary pleasure, <laughs> hedonism. But what happens is when we see that imagery on the screen and we meditate on that imagery, man, living single. Living single is nothing more than an offshoot of the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls is a bunch of like four older ladies who just were unmarried and they just lived life together and ended their life that way. And to be honest, I think that's going to be the life for a lot of women, you know, because as this economy gets worse and it's harder for people to coexist as single people financially people are going to have to start pairing up or tripling up or quadrupling up. And you might end up in a golden girl situation. You know, guys are a little bit different guys. We're not as, um, we're a little bit more indi individualistic. 
So personally, at this stage of my life, I'm not living with another person ever unless it is a wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I might have a tenant, you know, somebody that's paying rent or something like that, but it ain't for the purposes of hanging out and shooting the breeze and companionship and all of that. I'm just going to ride out solo or, you know, I'm either going to have a wife or I'm going to ride out solo. That's pretty much it. But I think with women, it's a little bit different. They're, they're more sociable creatures. And so because of that, you might have a Golden Girls situation. But that was that, Golden Girls, and then Living Single, and then Friends, and then you had Martin. And all of these are great shows, by the way. I'm not, I'm not even getting on the shows, but what I'm saying is the imagery that was presented to us in your mind subconsciously when you sit back and watch this, you say, man, I don't, I mean, y'all don't really need a family. They look normal. They look happy. There's a laugh track. They're having a good time. So maybe the family stuff is overrated. My family may not have worked out. Maybe my parents got a divorce. Maybe my parents were never together. You know, because that generation before us, the boomers, they're the people that really started all the divorcing. You know what I mean? But the thing about it is, we're seeing the imagery. So you get Martin. Martin, great show. Hilarious from D.C., by the way. Um, like many other great comedians. I won't get into that right now. But um, Dave Chappelle, Earthquake. Um, but anyway, he's he's kind of living with Gina, but they're not really together. You know, they just have a little situationship. When you really think about it, I guess, I guess we would call that a relationship. And maybe shows like Martin are why people do aspire for a relationship as if that actually is something, but it's not. Because when something happens to that person or if that person decides to leave, they can take everything like it never even existed. I know somebody, I'm not trying to talk about people would be messy, but I know somebody personally dated this girl for like 13 or 14 years didn't marry her. They just had a relationship. They broke up. And literally within like a year or two, probably within a year, he was already dating another girl, got her pregnant, and now they're living together. And he's probably going to marry her. So the first woman put in all those years, 13, 14 years of a so-called relationship, and has literally nothing to show for it. It's almost like, I won't say it's like she didn't exist, but... It's almost as if that relationship might as well not have even existed. So we have made it up in our minds because so, so many of us have been devoid of love and we just want to be accepted and we just want somebody to so-called love us that we treat us a relationship as if that's some sort of goal. That's nothing. You know what I mean? It's literally nothing. I've been in several relationships, nothing to show for them at all. Maybe a, a, a life lesson here or there. That's about it. But why go through the school of hard knocks and the life lessons when you can just choose what God has laid before you and say, man, let me live a godly way. Now, some of us were some of us might not have been presented that. And to be honest, a lot of older people don't sign off on it. 
especially if you talk to like older men, older carnal men, they don't really uh, endorse marriage like that because they went into it carnally. So I remember I went to a little function recently and a guy was asking me, was I married or something? And I was like, nah, he's like, that's good. He's like, you ain't got nobody around the house telling you what to do. <laughs> and so I heard that and it was kind of funny, but, but, um, and I get what he's saying, but we need to see more examples of godly marriages because I'm sorry, I'm looking at the clock, making sure I'm not bumping into Brother Ray. Because people need to see that it can work. It's not going to be flawless. Adam and Eve weren't even flawless. They they got off to a rocky start. The majority of the things we read about in the scriptures, a lot of them had issues. So he never promised it would be flawless. But he But it will be rewarding. If it's done in a godly way, you know, we we there's a lot of propaganda to men about marriage and why it's a very stupid decision for men to get married today. And I get those from a carnal perspective. It does make sense because it's not really just you and the woman it's you, the woman and the courts and it's you and uh, the woman and the culture. So you're battling against the culture's influence on your woman and how she's going to react to that. And is she going to be impressionable and all of this type of stuff? It is very dangerous. A lot of guys have gotten burnt. The question is, though, did they go about it with Jesus at the head of that marriage? And even a couple of Christians might, might not have worked out, you know, but we hear this statistic about 50 percent of marriages end in divorce i don't a i don't i think that might have been debunked but then also i don't know if that necessarily applies to christian marriages so i would like to see the statistics on marriages of believers and how quote-unquote successful they are or aren't But the point being, we got hit with all of these shows. So, yeah, Martin. Then you had Seinfeld. Seinfeld is a guy. He's living in New York. Him and his friends, Elaine and George Costanza and Cosmo Kramer. And the whole show is just about them living in New York, being single people, getting in and out of cockamamie situations, most of which stemming around people that they're dating. So every episode, Jerry Seinfeld is dating a new love interest. And subconsciously, as we're walking the show, what is it coming off to us as normal? And so through the media and television, the devil is presenting these abnormal lifestyles to people. And when you watch TV, you go into what I believe is called an alpha state of mind, meaning that when you watch the TV, you're not necessarily thinking with the sharpest parts of your brain. You're more in a relaxed state where your brain is just saying, receive, receive, receive. It's almost like a trance. And so we get into this trance when we're watching the TV. And now whatever images the devil wants to present to us through these shows, 
man, I can just live in New York and just have a different woman every week and I can get into this relationship and I don't really like this person, so I'm going to come up with a cockamamie scheme to end this relationship. Or we just going to have a bunch of sex jokes about fornication and stuff like that on the show. It comes off as the devil's presentation of normal. And so that's what God says. He says, I lay before you life and death, blessings and curses. So I really do believe the Lord wants me to, and I kind of want to do it too, <laughs> um, create a different channel that's going to be probably centered around men's content. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a rebuttal to the red pill content. Now, y'all know I, 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 done, I done overdosed on the red pill, so I know all about it. And the thing about it is, for the most part, it's true. Like, most of it is not a lie. But how many people know something can be true but not be truth? Because truth is about a destination and a conclusion. And so what the red pill will do is it will create a bunch of if anybody doesn't know what I mean when I say red pill, I'm talking about in the manosphere, which is basically the universe of men's, men's content and men's thinking around the Internet, primarily YouTube and social media. The red pill is just this idea of discovering kind of like the Matrix, discovering the truth. And so the question becomes, what is the truth? Well, in the manosphere, their version of the red pill is the truth about female nature, the truth about this culture and this society and feminism and what they're, how they have contaminated the modern woman, all of this different type of stuff. And it is true. But the conclusion that they arrive at isn't necessarily truth. How do I know? Because the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. So if the Bible says that, but then the red pill tells me that marriage is horrible, you need to avoid it, it's dangerous, I've got to reconcile, and the red pill presents tons of data and evidence to support it, I've got to reconcile the truth of God's word and figure out what is the disconnect between these two. The main thing being that what God calls marriage is uh, much different than what is conducted today. And so what do we do as men or even women? We have to identify another person who, who subscribes to the biblical definition of and operation of marriage, the biblical roles and responsibilities of marriage. And if y'all operate under God's instruction, it's going to be successful. But if you end up with somebody who is unequally yoked and they, are, hey, they have subscribed to something else, yeah, you probably are going to end up divorced. You probably, you probably are going to end up with a bunch of drama. Somebody probably is going to be cheating. Uh, who knows? All bets are off because you bought, it's almost like I just bought a new light. I don't have it down here. 
But if I if I try to operate my light wrong, the light might blow out. You know what I mean? Something might go wrong because I haven't followed the instructions of who designed it. And so God is the designer of marriage. So we got to figure out how did God design this thing to be? And then we have to pray to God and say, Lord, if you're going to put anybody in my life, put somebody in my life who is going to operate this thing the way that you designed it to be operated. And so we're dealing with a lot of stuff, but I want to go to a couple of comments. God bless everybody joining in. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. Sister Carol says, if my schedule consisted of watching TV and Real Housewives, I would need to have an antidepressant bottle next to the remote control. Her life seems awful and meaningless. The thing about the antidepressants, antidepressants are at an all-time high and the biggest consumers of them today are women and so women have been given this fruit of feminism that some of them bit and what that fruit told them is that you're going to be happier you're going to be better you're going to be better off based on what we're telling you to do, which effectively is to uh, consider yourself no different from a man, aspire to do the role of a man. And if you do that, you'll prove that you're either equal to or better than a man, and that's what's going to make you feel happy. So a lot of people believe that nonsense and our generation is literally, I call our generation the fruit of feminism. This is the fully ripened fruit. The fully ripened fruit that has been produced is a generation of single people who are on antidepressants, who live pretty much meaningless lives, who have to substantiate their lives either by the hedonism which is the pursuit of pleasure. And the other thing that people use to substantiate their life is accomplishment. So either I'm going to take a million vacations and make shakshuka on Saturdays, or I'm going to get a million degrees and it's going to just make me feel like I'm so great because I'm a PhD and I've got this degree in this and this degree in that. And I'm going back to school next month and, so, I mean, <laughs> that's that's the choice. You know, that's the choice is to either pursue that that independent uh, accomplishment life apart from a man or to cooperate with a man and build a substantiated family, a substantial family. Like that is the choice. But what's happening is uh, people who have made the wrong choice have discovered that, yes, I am happy. I am, well, I don't even know if they're happy for real. Um, <clears throat> let me say it this way. Yes, I can obtain pleasure from uh, my career. I can obtain pleasure from uh, my sexual pursuits 
that I'm now sexually liberated as a woman, even as a guy, I'm, I'm my sexual pursuits. I can obtain pleasure. Right. Um, but I'm not really joyful and something is a little bit off. And so I need to see a therapist and he or she is going to give me drugs to offset the choices that I've made. And so I agree. It's horrible. It's extremely horrible. <clears throat> Ashkenazi says, older, childless, single, that be me, and I'm grateful. Well, sister, it's up to you. It's up to you. You know what I mean? Um, the The other thing about our culture is because so much of it is cancerous. It's like difficult to find the people who are like-minded and it's difficult to find the people that are sincere because I mentioned how, how is my generation going to traject? Like what is going to be, you know, I guess some people back in the day, I guess uh, Kevin Samuels would say winter is coming. Like what is, what is that going to actually look like? Because the guys can either, once again, they can get with the women of their generation or they can skip it. The challenge about getting with the women of your generation is whether they're sincere. Because this is the beautiful thing about feminism, even though I talk about it a little bit. There's a silver lining in everything. And the silver lining is you have given that choice. Just like God says, behold, I lay before I, I lie before you, lay before you life and death, or you know, I present this in front of you. You now see what people will really choose when they have a choice. And so it shows you people's true character. There are cultures that are not feminist cultures where women do not have a choice. And because they don't have a choice, you really don't know how they really feel about you <laughs> or what they really desire or think they desire. But because of this option and this so-called freedom, right, now you actually see where everybody's hand lies. You actually see the deck that people are holding. And so you can say, oh, okay. Then you start getting like Mike Jones. Like back then you ain't want me, now I'm hot you all on me. And so there's going to have to be a healing if the guys decide to uh, deal with the women of this generation because one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is like a lot of women, they like there's kind of this narrative like there's no good guys and um, like where are all the men, this type of stuff. But when you talk to people, you start to learn like People have been proposed to, you know, women have a lot of suitors, you know what I mean? There's not, this. if you're like an average or above woman, you typically have a pretty decent amount of suitors, right? And so even though there's kind of like this um, victim stigma or this, this, this theory about, you know, just, just no guys, and I do agree, there is, there needs to be more good guys, I do agree with that. But what I've learned is that 
a lot of people were supposed to make that choice earlier. Like maybe the dude that proposed to you, maybe y'all was just supposed to get together and just work it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, you know, at least start a family, even if it ain't get, even if y'all don't, you know, but maybe that was him. Hey, you know, so I don't know, but it's to each his own. My thing is we just don't need to propagate the messaging and encourage people to continue to be independent because it's not going to be fruitful. And we see this. There was another incident that went viral. Some of y'all might have heard about it. Uh, they're calling it Brickgate or something like that. But basically, there was like this woman. She's a black woman. And she was talking about in one post, uh, she's a feminist. I think she might be a lesbian. I'm not sure. But she was talking about how women are the protectors. She was saying how they hit, they protect in their womb. <laughs> They protect with their nurturing and all of that. And basically, she was just kind of saying, like, you know, they're better than men and all of this type of stuff. But what ended up happening was, and this is the woman, I'm not sure uh, if any of these videos really, um, I don't want to play them because I haven't watched them yet. But effectively, You know, there was like a video of her going out and she would kind of ignore men and not not only ignore men, but embarrass men and stuff like that. And allegedly somebody hit her with a brick, which, of course, no one should be hitting anyone with a brick. But the problem with this story. And this is her getting hit with the brick up at the top uh, here. Her face is swollen. But the problem is that after she got hit with the brick, then she decided all of a sudden that black men should have protected her. Now let, me, let me reiterate this and let me not be a jerk because I feel the smile. <laughs> I, feel, I feel the laugh. <laughs> oh, let me get my laugh out real quick. because This is not a laughing matter, Greg. You're Christian. Be holy, be mature. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <sighs> okay. You can't in one breath say women are the protectors, women are, are, are better than men, you don't need a man, da-da-da, I'm independent and all of this. And then in the next breath, when you actually are in need of protection, scold the men for, quote-unquote, not being there to protect you. See, there is a phrase that we used to say in society. I don't even know if it's politically correct. But that phrase says, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Y'all might not like Brother Greg after this. Because of how our culture has evolved and disregarded men as a man I'm only going to be a gentleman to a lady you can be a woman and not necessarily be a lady and maybe it shouldn't be conditional but my thing is like you're just not going to treat me like crap 
and then expect something from me at the same time. And what's happened is a culture that has called masculinity toxic and a culture that has effectively brainwashed women into believing that they don't need men. Men, we hear the message loud and clear. See, men don't have to do a lot of talking on social media and a lot of a lot of talking. We, we get the message. We sit back quiet and reserved and we will respond and act accordingly. That's typically how most men operate. So. Personally, if I see a woman in danger, if I get the idea that she's a lady, I will intervene. If I get the idea that she's just a woman and probably a quote unquote modern woman, for lack of a better phrase, probably a feminist, probably doesn't like me. If it's a domestic dispute, probably chose that guy, probably will get back with them next week and just go through the same drama again and I might be shot and dead. I'm not going to intervene. There's no incentive for me, not that I'm looking to get anything out of it, but it's just simply not worth the risk. And it's not worth the, the power in womanhood as it relates to a man is your essence of being ladylike. That's what causes a man to want to open the door, to want to be chivalrous, to want to consider you delicate, to want to value you, to want to put you first, because that man perceives you as a lady and that's where you are able to obtain the best out of that man. But when you present yourself as equal as a man and also even as combative, like competitive with the man, now that man does not see you as someone to have compassion. He sees you as someone to have competition or someone who, because to be honest with you, a lot of men don't even feel like they need to compete with women but he sees you as someone who doesn't need him. And so because of that, all of that, you got to protect the woman and all that stuff, that was based upon the, 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 the premise, that's based upon the foundation that women are ladies and they're delicate and we need to protect them and preserve them and they're feminine and, you know, you know they are the weaker vessel that type of stuff. It's based off of that. But if all the messaging is, oh, you know, I don't need no man. I'm independent. Oh, I can do everything a man can do. No difference between men and women. Now you got trans men and trans women because there's no difference between a man and a woman. Then men say, okay, well, you the same as me. You get into a fist fight or he hit you with a brick. That, Hey, that's like two dudes into a fight. If I see two dudes fighting, I'm not intervening in that. I'm saying, hey, like, Y'all got to get your issue. I don't know what it is. I ain't got nothing to do with it. My name is Bennett and I'm not in it. So I'm protecting my mother, my aunts, any of my family members, whether they are a lady or not, just because I know them. <laughs> uh, my immediate friends, they know who they are. The y'all that's on here, if I happen to be in a situation, I'm protecting y'all. Because I know y'all, I know y'all ladies, women of God, I'm protecting them, uh, women who I believe to be ladies. But if you just out here, 
and you just out here anything, don't be surprised if you get anything in return. And it's unfortunate that it's come to that, but that's not guys doing. You know what I mean? That's not guys doing. So yeah. But yeah, to your to your point, Ashkenazi, as long as you have peace and contentment in that, that's fine. I'm really making this discussion about the propaganda. The propaganda that is all over social media, TikTok, YouTube, all over mainstream media, and all over the television is propaganda designed to go outside of God's order. Faith Matthew says, if God has given you a mate in marriage, great. But if not, it's okay to celebrate singleness and be content where God has placed you. Yeah, I agree. Contentment goes a long way. Goes a long way. Paul said, I've learned to be content. And that's really what it has to be. It has to be contentment. That contentment can come from the Lord. What I'm what I'm really talking about in this discussion, which says hedonism, the religion of single people. This is a lifestyle that people have chosen not to live a lifestyle according to the Lord, but to live a lifestyle according to pleasure. And that pleasure is not rewarding in the long run. Ashkenazi says 14 years, either fish or cut bait. Yeah, I agree. Laura, Laura Park says, I tried, doesn't work out well. Partnership doesn't exist. It's just a power struggle. It's exhausting. Guys date younger women because for a time they have total control. More predators exist than suitors. Women hardened up because of men. Interesting theory. Um, I think men date younger women for a multitude of reasons. Um, you call it control. I think men might call it uh, compliance. You know what I mean? Like, I never really understand this idea of, like, women saying, oh, a man needs to be able to handle me or something. So you got to think about it. You're a dude. You work 40-plus hours a week. Your job is beating you up. The world is beating you up. You go, you sit through, you work 40 plus hours, then you sitting in traffic. Now, I'm not talking about my life. Y'all know I tell her where I got a pretty cushy life. But I'm talking about like a real, like a real normal type man. He's working more than 40 hours a week, sitting in traffic every day, providing and giving his resources to, to his family, right, which effectively is his wife and his kids. He is receiving who knows what type of flack he's going out there putting his life on the line depending on what he's doing he could be in construction he could be a police officer he could be a fireman to come home to somebody that feels like they're in competition to you competition with you it's not necessarily about control it's just about the fact that you expect your household to be ran a certain type of way. If I go on the outside and I put my work in on the outside and I'm doing my end of the bargain, my expectation is that my wife does her end of the bargain as well. The Bible calls this being submissive. It's the S word, right? <laughs> it's the S word, a word that you're not even supposed to say. What's the problem with that? Now, some guys may have abused this in the past, definitely. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, you got these women now claim they dated narcissists and all of that. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But for the most part, it should just be a complimentary relationship. And the fact of the matter is, a younger woman, first of all, I don't know exactly what type of examples you're referring to, Laura, but or Laura or Laura, forgive me if it's Laura or Laura, but um, if the woman is fully grown, it's not predatory. So say if a woman is 27 years old and a guy is 47 years old, she's a grown woman at 27 years old. Now, if you're looking at something like 17 years old and 27 or 37, that's different. But you're looking at 25, the things people can do at 25, you can vote, you can buy alcohol, you can rent a vehicle, you can you should have a career by that point. You should have finished school by that point for the most part, unless you did, you know, some subsequent studies. Where's the predatory stuff coming from? So I don't get it, but I mean, once again, I would need to know specifically what you're saying, but that's one. Yes, guys do want compliance, and I don't think that that makes guys weak. I think that makes guys guys, and I think that makes it a complimentary relationship. Like, why why would I want, if I have the world beating me up, why would I want, why wouldn't I want a nurturing wife and a compliant wife to offset everything else that I have to deal with. Like, I don't get it. But um, the other reason, that guy might want kids. So let's say a guy, once a guy begins to establish himself and he starts to accumulate assets, maybe he has a business or something like that, he begins to think, like, man, I'm starting to get money I might have a couple of properties. I might have a business that I've established. What am I going to do? He begins to think, what am I doing this for? Because if he begins to graduate out of hedonism, he might not have even been in it. But if he was in it and he begins to kind of, you know, it starts to get old and he graduates out of hedonism and decides to grow up, he is very likely to want to not have everything that he's attained go to waste and evaporate. And who better to leave that to than your legacy? And so if a guy wants children, um, you know, women are having children later and later today, but the, the simple science of it is if you want kids, you kind of have to have them before a certain age as a woman, otherwise it becomes a higher risk. So that's another reason. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're predatory. Um, and yeah, some women have hardened up because of men. I agree with that. And I agree some men have hardened up because of women. That's why I feel like we need to move from gender war to gender peace. Yeah, 40 hours in traffic. Yeah, I did that. He left me for my 16-year-old babysitter. Well, that's that's unfortunate. You know, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, 
you know. But like, once again, people are flawed, but it goes back to my point about a marriage is a God-fearing man becoming one with a God-fearing woman. Now you can you can be two you can be uh he, you can be unbelievers and still get married, right? But what I'm saying is the blueprint for what God gave, that particular blueprint is the only thing that we can actually say should work. Now, if God gives me the blueprint for marriage and I follow it and we follow it and it doesn't work. Now I got now God got some explaining to do. But if I marry the type of guy that, you know what I mean? Um, once again, I don't know if this guy was, if your uh, I guess ex husband was uh, a believer or not. You know, believers can still make sinful decisions, but it kind of sounds like. He wasn't following what God laid out. And so that's why it's so important that we follow the plan and we pursue a person that is surrendered to God. Because otherwise you open it up for anything to happen. So, you know, um, yeah, in the case of a 16-year-old, I would say a 16-year-old is uh, impressionable for an adult. And so that would be predatory. I don't know how old your husband was at the time. I'm assuming he's a full, fully grown adult. Y'all had a babysitter and all that. So, you know, yeah, that's predatory. I agree. Absolutely. But, um... You know, in general, uh, that's, you know, it's not about, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm looking at the word control and I'm not picking on you. I'm really just like thinking this out in my mind. Um, guys, they younger women because for a time they have total control. This is a greater discussion about submission. And I think we probably should have another solid talk about it. Um, what does it mean to be submitted? You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole conversation to be had about women being fearful of submitting to a man. And, um, I get it because a lot of women submit to the wrong man and pay the prices for it. I was actually just watching a documentary about a guy on YouTube that I um, has recently passed away. I had heard this guy's name, but I never really watched him. I didn't really know who he was. I just kind of heard his name here and there occasionally. And the guy's name was Sinful the P. And he was a pimp. So this guy was a legitimate pimp that had a YouTube channel. And he was on his YouTube channel giving out game. And he actually impacted a lot of guys, they would say in a positive way, you know. Um, but I bring him up to say that the way a pimp operates is he basically becomes that woman's daddy. 
he basically does take total control over her. And he does manipulate that woman most of the time because he's having her out on the street selling herself. And so, yeah, if you submit to somebody like that, yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to discern a good guy. But if you submit to a normal guy, like a guy like me, <clears throat> here's the deal. So <clears throat> I wouldn't use the phrase total control, right? But what I would say is if I do get a wife, I expect her to submit to me. Now, technically, that means I do have total control. But in my mind, I'm not looking at it every day like, oh, I got total control. I got total control. Really? Probably 99.9% of the time, that's not even going to be at the forefront of my mind. You know what I mean? It's like, what do y'all think these guys are going to make you do that's just going to be so horrible? You know, if I had a wife, we just going to operate the household like a normal family. You know, I'll work. Maybe she'll work. Maybe not. I think if we don't have kids, she probably should work because otherwise you're just sitting at home not doing nothing all day. But if we have kids, maybe I want you to take care of the kids. You know, take care of the groceries. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll do the trash. I'll fix broken stuff. You decorate. You do the groceries. You manage the kids. I'm going to also manage the kids. But you're there. You're there. Uh, you know, first line of defense. I'm there as well. I'm helping out. Um, you know, pick out my clothes. I don't even want to do that. I mean, I'll do it if you know. But hey, I I love a woman to become my personal stylist. I hate buying clothes. I hate trying to figure out what to wear. Um, my point is, what is this big fear? about submitting to it. What do y'all think the man is going to do? You know, is he, you think he's going to beat on you? Like, once again, it goes back to the man that you choose. You know, I'm not going to beat on my wife. Will you think he's going to certain things he might not want you to wear? Yeah. If my wife come out the house trying to wear something crazy, yes, don't wear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because my expectation is you're going to conduct yourself modestly, just like the Bible says. But my thing is, what's what's this big... Somebody tell me. I mean, we got to have this just another solid talk. What's the big fear? I think the big fear about submitting is women who have submitted to the wrong guy. I think. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a woman. I don't know. But... I mean, I'm like, what else could it be? You know, like, what? <laughs> I'm just thinking about all my friends. I'm like, what are they going to have you to do that's going to be like, it ain't like the guy going to be pimping you. It ain't like he going to have you out selling yourself. He might ask you to cook dinner. Is that the end of the world? Like, I don't know. I'm Yeah, we got to have this discussion another time. Ashkenazi says mystery in Kohen Greek language means musteron from a derivative of muo to shut the mouth, a secret or mystery through the idea of silence imposed by initiation into religious rites. Hmm. Yeah, I got to see, sister. I might, I might, 
I think I lost a little bit of track of where that fit in. Maybe I must have used the word mystery or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Laura says my ex, my exes wanted me to wear tight, revealing clothes. Well, so I mean. Are you saying that that so did that make you uncomfortable? Because A, did that make you uncomfortable? And B, where did they want you to wear the clothes? You know what I mean? Like if if it made you uncomfortable, see a godly man expects his woman to be a godly woman. So a godly man by default is expecting his woman to be modest. Now, the thing about modest is this. We associate modesty with the amount of clothing a person has or doesn't have. But the fact of the matter is modesty is really about drawing attention. So technically, a woman can be uh, like she can technically have her whole body covered. But if it's a body suit. You know what I mean? Like it's still drawing attention. Um, certain colors might draw attention. Um, so I would say that that is a flaw of the man that you chose. Not so much. Um, and that's that's, you know, that's how it is. Like, that's why it's so important that we choose godly mates. You know what I mean? And a lot of us had to learn that. That's all it is. We had to learn that. Um, but that's what it kind of boils down to. So yeah, family, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. I got to hop on brother Ray's, um, podcast in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to have that discussion to kind of pick you all's brains about where this is headed. Um, I kind of, in a lot of ways, feel like we almost have a lost generation when it comes to families. And I just am curious to know if we're going to reconcile it. Like, are we late bloomers? Because y'all know I'm on record in saying that our generation is uh, because of pleasure and hedonism. Uh, we're slower to mature. So it makes sense that we would settle down later. You know, I'm, I'm saying myself included. It makes sense that we would settle down later. We're the video game generation, the media generation, the internet generation, the TV generation. We're like the elect. We we kicked off the electronic type stuff, specifically like the internet that came out when I was in middle school. Video games got popular when I was growing up, so that was us. You know what I mean? And we got uh, laden with pleasure, and it arrested a lot of our mindset and our thinking Laura's, Laura says she's in NYC yeah NYC man New York you know how that is um, yeah I'm gonna probably make it up there before the year is up I got a little bit of business to tend to up there but um, yeah New York is different you know what I mean New York is different uh, beautiful place to visit for like a weekend but I can't do more than a weekend <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm going there for two days, I love it. But, you know, the hustle, the bustle, you know, D.C.'s a city, but we're not a city like New York. So um, 
So that's just what it is. Yeah, Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, the thing about it today, and I'm going to close out with this. I'm off topic now. I don't know what y'all talking about. I just hopped in y'all conversation. But, like, back in the day, certain things you wanted to do, you had to be in certain places. So if you really want to be, like, with the business, you you kind of had to be in New York. If you wanted to be with the acting, you had to be in L.A. Certain places you just had to be on the scene. Nowadays, because of the Internet and because the Internet has made the world so much smaller and because of resources, you don't necessarily need to be in the mix. Now, in certain instances, it does help to be in the mix. You know, if you want to be an actor, yeah, it's great to be in L.A., but because the Internet can bring people to like minded people together, uh, you can be in the suburbs somewhere. And, you know, because the Internet, you can get so much more of your business done. And the allure of the big city, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but the allure of the big city is at this point is more of a headache than it is a reward. Because people are out here stealing. The crime rate is crazy. The violence, uh, just the chaos, the hedonism. It's insane. So I'm to the point now I low-key want to move. I'm not going to move now because the interest rates are crazy. I think last time I looked, they was at like 7.5%. So a lot of people are in the position that I'm in, which is they would be cool with selling their house and moving, but the question is where are you going to move to? And so I'm like, I'm in the hood. It's not super dangerous, but I'm in the hood. You know, and I'm just like, I make enough money to not be in the hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I low key am kind of plotting my next move. And what my next move is going to be, it will not be in a major city. If it is in a major city, it's going to be uh, maybe like in the south somewhere. But one of these East Coast cities, y'all know I'm D.C. born and raised. Nah, that that ain't gonna be it. That is not gonna be it. I am I'm trying to get as far away from these curses as possible. I'll go in and help the people and then go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? I go in and help and then go home. And that's about as far as I'm going. But listen, family, thank y'all for hanging out with me tonight. This might have actually got me in trouble tonight. We'll see. But um God is good. Once again, just want to reiterate, uh, just talking about the mentality of prioritizing pleasure above all basically this idea that the meaning of life is pleasure some of us took this fruit some of us didn't everybody has a different story i know me personally i'm somebody that 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 participated in hedonism and i had heard of a wife but that was not on my mind and so now at 39 i am i'm looking at the fruit of my choices and I'm saying, man, maybe I should have settled down in my 20s. And by now, I would have kids that are in their teens, graduating high school. You know, uh, I have something to work toward, a purpose in life. But we all make choices. And now, sometimes God can redeem us. Sometimes God can step in and he can, you know what I'm saying, he can restore Everything 
that was stolen, even if we stole it from ourselves. So at the end of the day, it really is all about contentment. Paul said, I've learned to be content whether I'm a bound or whether I'm a base. Whether I'm at my highest of highs or my lowest of lows, I've learned to be content. So if you have that, praise God. I believe the Lord will give that to us because whatever he's called us into, he's going to give us grace. So uh, Paul says, you know, I desire that all y'all be single, but for the, for the purpose of fornication, if you need to marry, marry. Because every person has their specific gift, and some people might have the gift of singleness, but some people might burn. They might not have that gift, and they might be burning. And so he says, in that case, you need to marry because it's better to marry than to burn. So at the end of the day, whether single or not, all I'm really saying is we just have to make sure that we are content and that it comes from God. The choice that the devil has, has to give us is never the right choice because he never has the, our interests at heart. And we just have to be mindful of that. So listen, family, thank you all for hanging out with me tonight. Hopefully I ain't getting in too much trouble, but God is good. Always excited. We'll have the line going each week that we have solid talk. Y'all let me know if you like the line, if you prefer the line or you prefer the um the uh the stream yard which is where you can just hop on and then start talking cut your camera on if you want but that's all i have in this solid talk family thank y'all for hanging out with me you all take care and be blessed this is solid talk speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. check it out Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid, I'm dropping knowledge. Wisdom understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like like it's a blunt object, culture living godless, I can't even call it, we in the last days, Babylon is falling, don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya, points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya, this walk can get the best of ya, I'm trying to tell you bruh, only around the shell we say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya, speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check, in from beginning gotta tell us what's next, true believers they can come and connect, call in or even come as a Yes, and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of 
the pages The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I pleaded and believed it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect Try to keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guarantee the link in heaven The born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in